head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 230 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Shawnee Podcasts, aka the Pod God. AKA I'm not really that well known as Sean Sheehan, I suppose, but I'll I'll throw out that name anyway. Joined today by the Andre Agassi. It's more Sheehan. Sheehan, yeah. Joined today by the Andre Agassi. I've Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a, a big night in the world of, of MMA. Graham, how, I, I, like, our sound has been fucked up for like the last three weeks. Hopefully we're good now. Talk there, see what way we are. Don't jinx it, Sean, fuck's sake. Yeah, it's got it working. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt the audio gods. Just, the, the first thing you said there, because you like unmuted yourself, it sounded like it was God's shit again. I was like, no. So I was like, oh, I need you to talk, just just to make sure. But it sounds okay. <laughs> sounds okay. We're good. Uh, any crack with you anyway? Any, any news over the week, over the weekend or anything? That was a good, a good win for Liverpool again. A handy, handy three points, never in doubt. 18 shots to two. Uh yeah, Man United playing today. Hopefully, hopefully they struggle again. To who they playing again? Newcastle is it? Newcastle, yeah, probably nil nil. Yeah, you'd be lucky. You'd be lucky to get a nil nil. Newcastle these days. Yeah. You got you got a good nil nil in the Europa League though. Uh, mm-hmm. Solid, solid, solid away perform. Yeah, we. Yeah, I don't care about soccer anymore. It's, it's dead to me. It's just like you seem to care when Liverpool were scoring a last minute winner <laughs> yesterday when you were messaging me. Yeah, I we look. We won't get into that now because. That's just too much. <laughs> VAR is a farce. Like, let's be honest here. VAR is a fucking joke. How? No, we won't get into it. <laughs> we won't. We just won't. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the fight. Um, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Watching fights in this during the week, right? And doing um, doing the rewatch over on uh, over on our Patreon. I found it really hard um, not to say Israel Adesanya was going to win this handy. To be honest, like. Robert, and that, I take nothing away from Robert Whitaker, but he, Israel Adesanya is an absolute nightmare matchup for Robert Whitaker, and he, I th- I thought he'd win early like he did, and and he went out and he did it like I I feel like I I put up a poll on Twitter the other day right uh, yesterday and it got nearly two thousand votes right and I think it was like sixty three percent of people thought Robert Whitaker would beat Israel Adesanya. And well, I, it's that thing about the the champion yeah. is kind of proven and in people's minds and even in the bookies. Like we were talking about it, we both we did a little betting show for the Patreon people, and we both pick picked Adesanya uh, to win, even though he's an underdog. And as a bet, obviously, because if you're picking a guy to win and he's an underdog, it makes sense to bet on him. But uh, like I wasn't thinking like, oh, there's no way Whitaker can win here. But I think just as we've talked about and you've talked about in recent podcasts, there's a bias towards thinking that the the known quantity, the known champion is, is going to win easier than he's going to win or going to win when he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's great. But I also think people, and it's funny, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Luke Thomas who said it, but he said people don't realise how good Israel Adesanya is. And I didn't really believe it. I thought, you know, it's one of those things that maybe you get kind of caught up with people online, you know, talking shit and stuff. And even Izzy has before, uh, he, you know, he was saying, I have so many haters. And I was like, people people love him. And, you know, we've always talked about him. We've always kind of liked him. He's had his issues, like, and he's improved and he's did, done different things. He's not the, the perfect fighter by any means. But I always thought that there was kind of a... Uh, an understanding of how good Israel Adesanya was, but when I put up that poll and like sixty three percent of people thought he'd lose to Robert Whitaker, like people do not understand how good he is. Maybe they will now because of what he did at, at the weekend. But you have to realize Israel Adesanya's takedown defense is so good right now that his striking differential is just going to be escalated. Like Israel Adesanya, I, I'm not the biggest footboxing fan in the world. I I don't know much about it, the, the actual sport of kickboxing. But when you see a guy coming into MMA, and I went back and I looked at my tweets, it was only 18 months ago, I was like, this is one of the best debuts we've ever seen in, in UFC history, this guy's going to be unbelievable. And it, it, that has really happened, because he still has that unbelievable kickboxing and striking, and his defensive ability, which I'm sure we'll get into, is almost second to none in the UFC. And then he put it with the takedown defense, and his ability uh, to escape the clinch, and get away from the clinch, and get away from the cage. 
like Israel Adesanya is one of the best fighters in the world right now. Make absolutely no mistake about that. And okay, you know, he if he could fight Yoel Romero, he could get knocked out by a, a big kick or getting taken down or whatever. The, uh, you know, Paulo Costa is a tough matchup. There's lots of tough matchups. But he is still up there. Like, Robert Whitaker. I suppose... Let, let's get into the fight a little bit, I suppose, before we, we do anything else. And the, the big key coming into this fight, I think, was Robert Whitaker's jab. Because... Uh, Whitaker establishes all of his attacks with that jab. You know, we, I suppose McGregor's kind of the best example. You look at the knockout of, of Chad Mendes, where he, he smashes him with the jab, kind of blinds him, and then comes with the power shot behind it. Robert Whitaker does the same, where he kind of blinds a lad with a jab, and then comes with three, four, five, six shots behind it. You know, rushes guys in, lands at big volume. You see the head kick. And he did that maybe once, twice, three times last night uh, in a, what was it, eight-minute fight. And that's just not enough for a guy who fights with an output like that. Uh, and the reason why he didn't do it, he, he tried to do it, but the reason why he couldn't do it is because of Adesanya's head movement. Just, if anyone's watching, listen to this podcast, just pause and go back and watch the first round. And watch Adesanya's head it just moves off the center line every time Whitaker throws that jab and it's he he does it so quickly that it's almost as if he knows it's coming he does it he preempts the jab of Robert Whitaker so well that he almost took the fight away from Robert Whitaker with his head without even hitting him because Robert Whitaker couldn't establish those uh, those attacks because when you're a guy like Robert Whitaker and you want to land those three four five shots uh, in a row like that you have to have a starting point you know, if you're if you're let's say you're playing a game of tag and you're just running around, running around, running around against the guy, it's going to be very hard if he's faster than you to catch him. But if you like trip him up a little bit, then you can maybe catch him. Like uh, MVP versus uh, Di- uh, Douglas Lima, when MVP kind of fell uh, before that, Douglas Lima couldn't catch him. He was just too fast, too elusive, running away. But MVP kind of fell. Douglas Lima, he was wide open and he hit him with a big shot. You need to kind of stun a guy in the middle to get him to ste- step in the pocket so you can hit him. And Robert Whitaker does that brilliantly with his jab. But against Adesanya, his head movement and his defense was just too good and he couldn't hit him. And then what came after, there's no good just being defensive like that. You have to come back with shots. And Whitaker, or uh, Adesanya, was absolutely brilliant at avoiding the shot, stopping in the pocket, and countering. Because you normally, you, you know... What Whitaker does is to, to jab you to stop in the pocket so that he can hit you. But he was missing. Then he was getting off balance because the shot was missing. And Robert and, uh, Israel Adesanya was able to counter with those big hooks right in the pocket. It was just like he was, he was giving him enough rope to hang, hang himself basically. Because Whitaker had to throw that jab to, get it, to establish his shots. When it wasn't landing, it wasn't working. The attacks weren't established. And it was actually establishing an attack for Israel Adesanya. Abs- it was absolutely brilliant by Adesanya. What, what did you think of, of the kind of that that initial burst of fighting that Israel Adesanya constantly won? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, he he won early, and it, it, it kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion, really, uh, from from very early in the fight. Like Whitaker was loading up, trying trying to get the killer blow, but it, it just wasn't happening. He was landing some shots when Adesanya kind of proved that he can take a shot again, and he's kind of proved that before. Even in even in the finish, he kind of. He had to kind of stand in the pocket and, and take one to land that combination, and uh, he just he just is so he's so well rounded. He has such he has such a relaxed uh, style as well. Like he, you could see how much more energy Robert Whitaker was using. And if that fight had gone long, I think he I think he would have gassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a very very good gas tank though. So maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't. But like. My analysis of this fight coming in as well, I thought there'd be a little bit more clinching from Robert Whitaker because it, like, he had he obviously has great confidence in that jab and the ability to start his attacks, uh, but he really seemed to have no plan B. That's the only criticism maybe I'd make of Robert Whitaker. Like, well, maybe maybe he can't remember what happened, but afterwards he was saying, "Oh, I thought I was doing pretty well until I yeah. got caught," but I I don't think he was. I think no. maybe he'll go back and look at that and see it differently <laughs> hopefully anyway yeah I, I yeah i tend to agree with that like the, uh, watching back the fight he he argue, he was winning that first round though in fairness to him he was winning that first round until the the big knockdown at the very end or when i say win it was very 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 close like in my mind i was thinking whitaker maybe has this because in the first round 
uh, Adesanya didn't actually land that many until maybe the last 90 seconds where he landed three or four shots in the counters and he got his counters going and got his timing going because Whitaker I think did a great job of actually breaking that rhythm of Adesanya by still throwing shots even when he missed the initial shot but Whitaker missed so many shots in that first round that it was it was almost playing into Adesanya's hands because you always hear fighters talking about it takes a lot more effort to throw shots that don't land, you know, than, than shots that do. If you hit someone and you're not, you know, you're not whiffing on the shots, but he was whiffing on so many shots, and I actually think that made him more tired. If you know, which maybe doesn't make sense, but it, it, it I think it definitely was. But to me, the as I was talking about the the clinch. I really thought he'd establish against because Robert Whitaker does, and I said this on the the Periscope I did yesterday. Robert Whitaker isn't the guy who's losing a fight and then will kind of just kind of give up, you know, or or keep going losing the fight the way he's losing it. And he didn't do that. In fairness, at the weekend, I, I he he kept trying to throw his shots all the time. He kept going and getting into those exchanges, even though he was losing them almost all of the time. There was that one lovely head kick he got, and he, I think he hit him with another right hand as well at one stage. And even near the end, as you said, he hit him with a good shot. But I thought, when you're coming inside like that, when you're so wild, and when a guy is standing there and he is countering with those big hooks, there is definitely an opportunity there, I think, to get inside and get a body lock and push him against the cage. Now, his takedown defense is fantastic, so you mightn't take him down. But to your point of him maybe getting tired as the fight went on, that would have helped him as well, I think, to push Whitaker or to push Adesanya against the cage, to make it a dogged fight there, to just take away a little bit, maybe win a couple of rounds, you know, doing doing it that way, and it could have gone to a decision. That's the one kind of criticism I'd make of him, but yeah, it's it was it was it's just such a tough fight for him, isn't it? Like, how good do you actually reckon Adesanya is? I, uh, well, I, when we were when we were doing the, the podcast there on Friday. He just kind of—I was saying—he just kind of has it all. He's—he seems to have the mentality. The he's relaxed in there. He's—he's—he's he's, he's got the the skills uh, technically. Obviously, we, we there's some questions still to be answered. Like if he's if, if Whitaker could maybe or somebody like Whitaker could get him down consistently and, and try and work him from there. Maybe maybe that could be a, a route to victory. But it's it's a lot easier said than done. It's a lot easier said than done when somebody's that relaxed and that it's it's. It's you. You don't want to shoot in when it's not there. He'll hit you with something. He'll he, he'll be waiting for that. And he'll hit you with something and knock you out. Like you, you have to be careful against this guy. He's he's not one dimensional. He's he's very well rounded. Yeah. Yes, it was funny as well. Most people, but not most people, a good percentage of people were saying he's no power as well, which. Okay, he completely proved that incorrect last night because of of what he did, and uh, the, the finishing sequence is actually brilliant as well because he kind of feigned like he was going to uh, going to attack Whitaker uh, and drew Whitaker onto him because Whitaker thought, okay, I'm going to be able to counter here for the, maybe the first time in the fight, uh, or, or well, you know, counter an attack for the first time in the fight, but he needed to kind of just step back and did his countering instead, and and got you know got the finish. You know, feints are a big thing from. Um, from Israel Adesanya, and I talked about it on, on the rewatch this week, but he kind of drew uh, drew Whitaker onto him this time, and didn't he, he used his fence, but not as much as he normally would when he's attacking, so it was a completely kind of different game plan from Israel Adesanya, but one that made complete sense because of how good Robert Whitaker is, and it just shows how smart he actually is, like, for me, uh, you know, I, I've kind of waxed lyrical, I suppose, there about him at the start of the podcast, um, I I want to see him fight John Jones. To be honest, that's how good I think he is. I think he is a phenomenal you know, fighter. Yeah, I think I think it's a little early for that. I don't think there's he can kind of build a legacy for himself uh, first, and then make that that fight be a lot bigger. And he'd probably be in a better position to to beat Jones than uh, than he will be now. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you know, this guy's two years into the UFC yeah. uh, UFC career. Like, there's, there's I think there's no need to to put him in there with with John Jones yet like you know he, he could he could he could you know four or five fights time maybe that that that'll make more sense for him I think but um for him he probably you know he's got a fight a, a world-class fighter mentality he probably thinks yeah I'll go in there beat John Jones he's probably looking at John Jones's game before he was even in uh, MMA or in the UFC thinking this is how I'd beat him like we talked about this before about these guys at the top are always kind of there as a target mm-hmm. and up-and-coming fighters are watching them and looking at their what they see as their flaws and uh you know uh John Jones would even talk about himself he was surprised how long it took somebody to start kicking his calves yeah 
Uh, and we saw in the UFC yesterday that how effective calf and recently a lot more and more how effective calf kicks can be. And I'm, you know, I'm sure a really smart f- fighter like Adesanya can see other things in, in John Jones's game. But I do think it's a bit too soon. I think uh, defend that belt uh, or attempt to defend that belt at middleweight a few times first. Do you know the way John Jones always fights a guy in their best uh, area? I think if he did that against Adesanya, he'd lose. Honestly, I think Adesanya would beat him if it was a striking matchup. Yeah, if you try to beat Adesanya at his own game, yeah. But I think John Jones, would, like, if it was going wrong, he probably would revert to, to a better game plan. He it's did, just that... He didn't do it against Tiago Santos, though, did he? Yeah, but he was pretty confident that he was winning that. Yeah. And, he, and he was right. Yeah, but you know we've talked about it as well. The judging criteria... Uh, well, not the criteria has changed, but the way fights are judged has changed a little bit, I suppose, where... Guys like John Jones who jab from the outside and land, you know, a couple of big shots every round are actually scored a lot less than guys like uh, an Israel Adesanya who maybe step back and throw f- three, four, five big hooks and maybe hurt you or he hit you with a big shot. That's scoring more now than a guy like John Jones is going to jab, 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 front kick you all day. And we saw the front kick of uh, of Whitaker last night. Okay, he's a very different prospect than John Jones, but it didn't really work against Adesanya at all. That, that front leg side kick, it... Adesanya just kind of stepped back from it and it didn't really work on him whatsoever um, I really want to see that fight, <laughs> fight to be honest I, but I, I you know I'd love to see it next but I, I I tend to agree with you just give him a little bit like another year of working on his wrestling to you know working on his takedown defense to make that even better he talked about yeah. the DC maybe that isn't you know maybe that isn't the problem you know maybe maybe it's already of a high level but it is there's, there's no there's no harm in in another couple of years of development at, at the rate he's been developing as well we talked about it before like you know Whitaker's been developing and I like I, I've picked Whitaker in a lot of fights and I have a lot of respect for Whitaker and think he's a, a very very good top class fighter um, and I was picking Adesanya to win here, but I was even more impressed with Adesanya than than I thought I would be, and than I thought it would go. I just, he's just, you know, he's just brilliant everywhere. He really is. And the, f- the weird thing about Adesanya as well, I've you know I've rated him for a long time since his his UFC debut, and even seen you know clips of him before that and stuff. But <clears throat> it's funny when you you look at a guy right, and he gets to uh, an interim title fight in his last fight, right, and he gets to a, uh, a unification title fight in this fight and we see new things from him we see new areas which is great like that uh that kelvin gaslam fight okay you, you can talk about technical areas or whatever but his heart and his balls and his ability to keep going and his chin in that fight if you f- take away what happened in the fight technically and you know but what shots he landed and what shots he defended and everything just that to learn something like that about a fighter to go into a fight of the year fight like that against gaslam a guy who's been around for a good while you know being in the ultimate fighter being in big fights before to beat him there and then to come in against rob whitaker a guy who's been a champion who's gone 10 rounds with you all mirror remember that now that that uh, when you're talking about adesanya not having power people Robert Whitaker went 10 rounds with Yoel Romero and didn't get knocked out and he almost got knocked out twice against Israel Adesanya in two rounds that think about how good Israel Adesanya is look at Yoel Romero and look at his striking and his power and his ability and he almost got knocked out twice against Israel Adesanya like people need to get on the hype train here for Adesanya this guy is a phenomenal 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 talent an absolutely brilliant fighter do you think if you had like what five, ten more seconds at the end of the first round that that oh, would have yeah. made it look? It looked like yeah. Whitaker wasn't going to bring his hands up to his face. He looked like he was out of it. Yeah, although Adesanya is the type of guy who'll take his time and maybe step back and then but he was over him, like yeah. ready to throw it with the punch cocked, ready, to, ready to, to hammer fist him or to coffin nail him. But just obviously the bell had gone. Yeah, what, what did you think of the the stoppage? Not not to go awful off as an early stoppage here, but. <laughs> I and I thought it was good. I, I definitely thought Whitaker was hurt, and I think Mark Mark Goddard made a, a brilliant, brilliant call. But it was one of those ones for me. It was like, oh, is he making the right call? But he did. He definitely did make the right call. But yeah, I look, Israel. I, I suppose before we move on to this fight, actually, what did you think of his dance in the walkout? His big dance, fucking, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, those kind of things are. I'm not really into them. But if you, he's having a bit of fun going out there. But it's no James Tahuna, Men in Black for cringiness, anyway. That is correct. I I thought it was like 
he did it so well that I was kind of a little bit worried. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he's going to have to win this fight now or he's going to look like a fucking bollocks. But that's the sort of balls that a guy like that has. And it was funny as well, before, I suppose before we move on, I, th- I saw my, my boy the Naked Gambler tweeting the other day about uh, is a bit unlikable. And as a person, as a personality, I think he is a little bit... But he's one of those lads. I think he's a bit, little bit like James Gallagher. Although I think he's like. I don't know. Why do you think he's unlikable? I, I don't know. He's, he, I I like him. I I like the way he does it. But he he has one of those. He's cocky. Like there's no doubt about it. He reminds me of a James. He reminded me of James Gallagher. I don't know why. You know he. If you think about him, like in the cold light of day. They, they talk about how good they are. They talk about how, how brilliant. Now, Israel Adesanya has proven it to a very very much higher level than James Geller. Don't get me wrong. But, I don't know. It feel, it does feel like he has one of those personalities that would people wouldn't like. But they do seem to like it. Which is... I, I like. I hadn't really thought of it until that, I saw that tweet by the Naked Gambler. But he is kind of right. Like he, if you look at him, like he's a cocky guy. He he talks and like you know about memes and you know comics and stuff. I, I, people like that, I suppose. But a lot of people don't like that as well, as we've kind of seen with you know with even MVP or with you know Gallagher, as I said, or even McGregor talked a lot of shit. Or you know even in different sort like guy like Pogba, you know, being very cocky and confident and stuff. Like that. People don't like that these days. But with Adesanya. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's more genuine with, than him with than guys. You know. Yeah, I think I, I think know. when people are kind of being themselves and just kind of putting themselves out there, I think uh, usually. Well, I think it work, I like it, and I think usually people, the general public, like it. Uh, it's when you're when you're trying to be somebody or not that people rub people up the wrong way more, and I I, I do think it's genuine with uh, Izzy. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and obviously he's fighting speaks for itself anyway. So it doesn't matter what happens, uh, what happens outside the cage, right? Let's move on to a few more of the fights on this card. Our uh, our six bets for the week came in the top three fights here. So we both went for Adesanya, so that was two from two. The next one was uh, Dan Hooker versus Iaquinta. I went for Iaquinta. You went for Hooker, and I was sadly mistaken. This was a fucking yeah. Drubbing, I said he was better it? everywhere. I, I kind of didn't really know why. Uh, or not why, but what made the victory? I like when it was going to have more than just kind of it becoming a slugfest and and landing that way. But even when it did become kind of trading, he got dropped a couple of times and was just his the straighter punches. He, he, when you're looping punches like I like Winter and a guy's landing and throwing straight punches, the straight punches are going to land uh, first ninety percent of the time. Or yeah. that statistic is completely made up, obviously, but. Uh, <laughs> That's probably right. Most of the fucking statistics in MMA are completely made up. Anyway, were you shocked by how much bigger Hooker was than I went to? Um, I think I was saying this before. No, uh, like some of these guys that were at 145 before, it's, it's shocking how they ever made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some guys are just huge. Like even like you know people like Charles Oliveira and and on Hooker. Like when you look at them at 155, they look like they have trouble making 55. Never mind making 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I just think like obviously McGregor as well, like cutting down to forty five, like was mm-hmm. was ridiculous. People were saying, "Oh, you can't move up at ten pounds." It's like, well, I think he needs to because yeah. it's like the size of some of these guys cutting down, not just at forty five, but at other weights as well. Yeah, and this is actually I couldn't believe how shocked I was the second this fight started. I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that was a bad thing for me." I like. I thought Adesanya was would be I don't know why I, I made a fuck up I thought he'd he'd be bigger than him he'd be able to establish the you said Adesanya Ayakunta Jesus I'm actually become horrendously terrible with names like awful we, I did the, the True Balls podcast the other day and I was giving it's out, old age John it's old it age and stress for Man United uh, being terrible and Liverpool being absolutely yeah. brilliant Yeah, I was giving out about uh, Barcelona tapping up Griezmann and I said they tapped up Van Dijk but of course that was Liverpool tapping up Van Dijk so I, I made a mistake there but yeah I'm gone very bad on him but I like don't be thrown around unfounded allegations facts. there was an apology for any uh, yeah. misunderstanding <laughs> between the two clubs nothing else don't uh, be making fake hashtag fake news True Balls fake news they didn't even get a fucking 300 fucking euro fine this ratten bastards but anyway uh, they, 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 they tapped off fucking Man City's uh, youth system as well the last couple of weeks didn't they fucking scum but anyway it's hilarious the way they call that hacking when somebody remembers their password for their, their login like <laughs> it's not hacking like how is that hacking hacking referees like if, friends if you leave if you leave like Severe May and you log into like Severe May YouTube that's not hacking yeah. it's ridiculous I suppose yeah but it is anyway um, this uh, like I went to 
Hooker just took everything away from him. Like, Hooker was longer than him. He hit that big jab early on, and he kept hitting it over and over and over. As you mentioned earlier on, leg kicks, he was landing them, you know, the, all the time throughout the fight. Forced Ike went to the fight uh, in Southpaw. Yeah, calf kicks, yeah. yeah. The second he changed into into his natural position, he was getting a leg leg kicked and or a calf kicked, and he had to just change uh, the Southpaw. And, and you haven't prepared for that, and you're already getting beaten in your natural position. It's very bad news. Yeah, he was... It was just a drubbing from start to finish. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. There was a big, big elbow, uh, and followed by a few more by uh, Hooker in, in the first round. He got on top. He took the back. He almost choked him, but obviously Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work, so he, he didn't get that. Uh, and into the second round, in I, I like went to try to go forward. He didn't rest in his laurels and just take the, the defeat in fairness. But Hooker was just too long. His takedown defense was very good. Uh, he almost got a KO with forty-five seconds left. Uh, but I like went to hung on. I personally, I thought that was a ten-eight. I was talking to a few more people. They thought the force might have been a ten-eight. So. Uh, I think there was only one 10 8 given by any of the judges, but it, did, it didn't matter in the end anyway. I think both of them are relatively close, but I would have given it in the second. Uh, and in the third in, it was a relatively close round, but Dan Hooker definitely did enough. You know, he, he dominated in a lesser fashion than the first two rounds, but he 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 he, uh, he definitely won that fight. Like, Dan Hooker is a really, really, really good fighter, isn't he? And he's exciting and he's technical and. And he's constantly improving as well. Yeah. Like, um, obviously he was he was doing pretty well at one forty five and stayed there for a while. But you can see now that it's definitely that must be cutting all that weight must be hindering hindering you hindering the time you have to improve your skills as well. When you're cutting an insane amount of weight, like it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a, your low energy for a lot of time as well in the camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. So that's huge. Like you know, um, and when you're fighting regularly. And you don't, and you're just constantly thinking about cutting weight. You don't have time to to make leaps. You can make little improvements, but to make these leaps that you, you need to make to become a, a world class uh, upper echelon fighter, uh, you you need to be fighting at a weight class, the correct weight class, not killing yourself to 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 make a, a lower weight class yeah. in the hope of some kind of strength advantage, but. I don't think the I don't think the the juices were to squeeze. Yeah, and I'm sure as well fighters would would struggle to train as much to improve. You know, when they spend a lot of their camp maybe cutting weight and not having enough food to fuel themselves for training. Like you know, and it's you see what Pari and he called out Pari actually funny. Would you like uh, Would you like to see Pari versus Zucker? Um. Yeah. Um. It's not. It's not like I really want to see it or anything. But like, if they put it together, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, I I think for Poirier to take that fight it'd be uh, <laughs> it'd be tough. You know, it's, it's a good fight. It's a tough fight. I think he'd probably win, but you know, it doesn't really do much for him right now. So it, it, you know, it'd be great for Hooker, but I I don't think Poirier is taking that fight anytime soon. But I, like, I'd love to see Hooker fight most of those lads up there towards the top. You know, it's, the division is just uh, we always talk about it, and people new people keep emerging. Not that Dan Hooker is a new person, but he's kind of shown that he's at a higher level than maybe a lot of people gave him credit for throughout his career, or maybe than he was throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So. So this division just keeps getting more and more stacked and so many matchups out there and so many great, great fighters. And like these fighters like Dan Hooker, if he was around 10 years ago, he'd probably be the champion. But oh, now he's he's just a middle of the road guy, like uh, trying to get up to that upper echelon. Yeah, 100%. The, the level has raised so much. It's just guys like him are, are st- not 10 opinion, no. There's probably like 10 of them in the world, which is a lot more than, than there was before. But it's, it's fantastic to see. Actually, before, uh, before I move on, and given the the main event, Israel Adesanya, what, what's your rating actually for Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker? What would you rate it, one through ten? Ooh, uh, six point six. I'm giving it. I'm giving it a six point one. Um, usually my kind of the the relatively one sided fights are in the fives, but I feel like Robert Whitaker made this fight a great fight as well by just going balls out and <laughs> trying to hit him. And I, maybe my rating's a little bit low, but I feel like I feel like that's a good rating. Six point one. It was a it was a, a, a very enjoyable fight for me. But uh, anyway, um, Sergey Spivak Spivak beat Tai Tuivasa here in the second round as Shawnee Podcast gave on the betting show seven to two. <laughs> Fucking genius! You say you're so happy, were you? Oh, I was delighted with. <laughs> <laughs> like the last minute of the first round there was like they got just like he's already dead you're like now he's fine he's fine <laughs> he's grand I was like they disestablished from a is that a word from a clinch and they were like don't punch anyone <laughs> don't, don't punch anyone let it go to the second I was like the second round came in and they were just I knew I kind of knew what it ended in the second round but that was a, that was the luckiest pick I ever gave 7-2 to two, not a bad one but tied to Ivasa 
he is so bad on the ground, isn't he? It's oh god, it's it's like childish stuff. He's so bad on the ground. I mean, you know, we t- I talk about the level of jujitsu raising so much that it's hard to submit, lads. That's not the case here with Tai Tuivasa. Well, what did you think of him? You know, we we know yeah. how good Tai Tuivasa is on the feet, but on the ground. Yeah, well, especially when you're not in great shape and you're you're tired as well. <laughs> it just gets even worse. Even the little bit of grappling that you do have is kind of just out the window and you just look like you've no idea what you're doing. And that's what it looked like. Yeah, like we we talked about Taito Avasa being like the next Mark Hunt, but he's like Mark Hunt just when he came over from Pride, <laughs> you know, with, with no takedown events and no uh, no wrestling at all. Yeah. Getting getting and come over by uh, Sean McCorkle. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, fucking hell. A lad who was best known for a fucking Twitter troll, but yeah. He, uh, it, no, it, didn't he Didn't he talk himself into that fight on the MMA Underground, uh, MMA, MixedMartialArts.com? Yeah. I think uh, was, he just was kind of a character on there and he kept calling it, everybody trying to get a shot and I don't know how, I don't know why he called it Mark Hunt, but he got the fight anyway and I think maybe it was a short notice thing or something and he went in there and fucking broke I think he dislocated Mark Hunt's elbow from the bottom. Yeah, he fucked him. Like Sean McCorkle is probably a lad. A lot of uh, a lot of new fans of McGregor era fans mightn't even know. Like I'd love to someone like Chuck uh, Chuck Mindenhall to write a story on Sean McCorkle and just like the what he was. And like, there was a lot of people like that. And I suppose maybe it would be a discussion for another day. But like a lot of people like emerged on the UG and you know Sure Dog forums and stuff like that and fighters even like. Even big fighters used to be in there, like Bisping used to be in there, and Tito Ortiz and all, and just having like chats with people on forums or something. Yeah, right? and like Rogan and stuff would be on yeah. there, and yeah, you, you'd even yeah, you'd you get like um, Dana White posting the yeah. odd thing as well. Like so, yeah, it's, it's, things have definitely changed. Like Dana White was kind of like massively behind the the internet. Like he was like, oh, the sports bins on the internet, building it, but now he doesn't. Re- you know, it's small fish now. He doesn't need to be going. Like he's obviously things have changed he's become very successful they sold the company for a lot of money and he he's not grafting in the same way he was but it, it is good to for like you know uh, the fans to feel involved to have stuff like that but I think that's kind of that's kind of gone now like even Dana not doing post fight scrum or post uh, event scrums with the media and stuff I think like <laughs> obviously he got himself in a lot of trouble over the years saying yeah. things he shouldn't have said but I think that was that was very good and that that gave a lot of information created a lot of hype and, and brought a lot of eyes but I don't know why he stopped doing that maybe because he was saying things he shouldn't have been yeah and I feel like you know we, we, we've did done the rewatches over the last few weeks and actually we've won our uh, not the rewatch the career aspect we've won coming up on Fedor the audio is a bit shitty on that as well <laughs> sign up on Patreon anyway that'll, that'll be the last really audio but you know we talked about how maybe you could re-establish some sort of techniques and stuff I feel like some up and coming fighters could kind of start that up again you know have a website with a bit of a forum on it or have a start a forum on the UG where people can come in and ask you questions and talk to yourself I feel like that's how you'd make fans like there's still a lot of people who go on the short dog forums and the ug and you know well, you see things. a bit of it like uh reddit i think ben uh ben win was he goes on there and he, he i think he had like a the logo of the mma reddit oh really uh, on his shorts of one of his first fights and kind of got people behind him that way mm-hmm. and it worked you know people were like he was like his first fight on the prelims or whatever second fight on the prelims and people were, were were more into him than obviously it's just the hardcore fans that are going on there but when the hardcore fans are talking about you or kind of take a liking to you and that, that's half the battle yeah that's true I remember uh, Uncle Creepy was brilliant at that on the UG he used to have like yeah he, yeah he, the, what was it called uh, what was his he had like a gang yeah the like, UG can't remember yeah, UG oh yeah what was it called I actually had my name changed to it when I was a fan of the world because everyone was doing it we were like fuck are we doing um, oh yeah what was it called oh it was a barking dog he ate us but uh, yeah anyway um Right, let's let's move on and talk about a couple more of the fights uh, on this. Uh, you mentioned Diego Lima earlier on. He got a split decision win over Luke Jamo. I thought I didn't think it was a split decision. I thought he, he won it straight out. But anyway, uh, Jorgen De Castro got one of the best knockouts in UFC. But when do you ever think a fight should be a split decision, Sean? Ah, uh, you'd never know. No, sometimes it's you know I had that a split decision. I had that. Uh, <laughs> I had that a majority yeah, draw. I reckon that, 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 that was a split decision, that one. <laughs> I, uh, I saw there was a lot of that going around in Irish MMA there in the last while. It's like, oh, he was, he was unlucky to lose. I had him a split decision, to be honest. <laughs> like, he was robbed. He was robbed of the split decision. I was like, what? Okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah, Jurgen the Crasher got a big knockout, one punch, walk away knockout, like the mountain fucking knocking, knocking out Kyburn and killing him. That was just unbelievable. Jake Matthews. 
<sighs> had one of the most boring fights. That that Rustam Ackman, the big hairy dude, just throwing like he threw fifteen shots in fifteen minutes. Like that's crazy low <laughs> in, in today's MMA. Just just did nothing like just horrendous. Uh Callum Potter, Mackie Patola was okay, went to a decision. Uh Brad Riddell versus Jamie Malarkey. Fantastic fight. Especially in the third round. There was that punch on the ground when they were both standing their knees just insane. A hundred percent fight at night. A brilliant, brilliant fight. Brad Riddell, a lot of people talking about him uh being this really good kickboxer and the next guy coming through. He looked he looked okay. I, 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 you know, Malarkey was a tough, durable guy, but I'd be expecting. Take a ser- like yeah. Malarkey, can ta- Malarkey can take a serious shot. <laughs> His mouthpiece is flying all over the place a couple mm-hmm. of times, and he was just he's just getting hit repeatedly and just staying in there and thrown back. And he was out. He was out on his feet a couple of times, diving for legs at the end of round. At the end of the round, the third round, and he just showed a lot of heart, but he took a lot of damage, and that's gonna. That kind of damage, like that's going to affect you, surely. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it definitely will. But um, Megan Anderson, didn't your girl Megan? You one of your bets was hard to win inside the distance, and she sure did with a a triangle choke over someone who isn't really that good at all. It was like I I put out the thing last night. She had her hand stuck in the triangle, and I saw Barry Oglesby replied, and he was like, "Oh no, whatever chokes a person chokes, but it's basically not advisable, you know, to, to put your your hand in there. It might give a little bit more um, breathing space." When when she kind of got on top and she got her whole weight down on top of her, I think it was it was definitely on that way, but. I don't know, like, yeah, she's not that that good. <laughs> does that does I trying to like chail chail son and punch punch your way out of a triangle yeah. with these little tiny punches is just what are you doing? Yeah, and I, what are they even doing with that women's featherweight division? Like Cyborg's gone. Is uh, you know, is it going to be Megan Anderson versus uh, Amanda Nunes? Sure, it was never really a division in the first place. That's don't worry true. about it. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Have a few fights, be grand. Uh, and then on the prelims, we had uh, Kim Young or Ji Young Kim, who looked really good. Another one of these just Korean zombies going forward. Korean fighters give less of a fuck per capita than any other fighters in the world by far. She, she's just standing there, just walking forward. Even the, the very start of the fight, did you see that? No, what happened there? Didn't she get cheap shotted and oh, yeah, immediately did, drop yeah. her with a left, with a yeah. <laughs> left right after? She's like, oh yeah, you want to boom, yeah, drop her straight away. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking brilliant. I did the... Uh, the opening fight was uh, another good one as well. Well, kind of. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, Bellator the card this week as well, but there, there isn't too much to talk about uh, on that one. Um, Gucci Yamaguchi, who fights, who trained in, in SPG, got a fantastic win over Side Awad with a yeah armbar. Armbar, yeah, looked you know he looked looked really good in that. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Kerry Melendez uh, got a win as well. Decision uh, won a couple of rounds there from her back. Um, Joe Schilling got knocked out by Tony Johnson a fantastic knockout yeah knocked out badly yeah what's, what's up with kickboxers getting knocked out like in the worst possible fashion <laughs> like yeah. when they get knocked out they seem to get seriously knocked out like mm-hmm. maybe it's because they've been kickboxing and they've damage, taken the damage, so much yeah. damage yeah maybe that's it and these you know smaller gloves and stuff as well harder to take punches when you you know, we, we always talk about, you know, boxing and kickboxing, kind of the bigger gloves having more concussive blows and maybe it, it's not good for your chin and when you get hit by an MMA glove, it's obviously going to be a bigger force and, you know, it's, it seems to show that way. But yeah, Josh Schilling, you know, obviously a very good kickboxer, but in MMA, n- n- never going to... It's good that you're calling kickboxing or footboxing kickboxing yeah, now. Yeah, so it was you because you said it there, I blame you. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the main event, Lorenz Larkin versus Andrei Karishkov. A really good fight, you know, sometimes you, you see Lorenz Larkin and you think, oh, what are we going to get from him? Are we going to get this really fun fighter? But we got we got a really fun fight against Karishkov, big elbows uh, in the first round. It was almost a knockout at one stage. Um, just a really fun back-and-forth fight. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, good good fight. Hopefully, you know, a lot of yeah. people saying they want to see Lorenz Larkin in Ireland. Sometimes Lorenz Larkin just doesn't get into his flow and he just kind of does a lot of nothing. But when he does get into his flow and things start going well for him and he, and he gets out in front, he, he's, he's very good and he's very tricky. And uh, you, kind of, you kind of forget that, though, when, when most of his fights are just... Well, not most of his fights, but half of his... A lot of his fights, anyway, are, are him kind of doing a lot of nothing. 
Yeah, 100%. and it's even more frustrating when you when you do remember and see how how talented he, he actually is and can be when he when he gets going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there was an Invicta card as well. Pearl Gonzalez won in the, in the main event there. Uh, if we look forward to to next week, uh, PFL of a big card. Kayla Harrison is on that. Um, in the I think it's the quarterfinals of their uh, tournament. Sarah Kaufman is fighting there. Uh, Megamed Megamed Karimov, who's a very good fighter, is fighting Chris Curtis. Uh, Ray Cooper the third is back. Was always in a fun fight. David Michaud versus John Howard. So that's a pretty good card from the PFL. It's usually on Facebook and their website on, on a Thursday evening. So uh, probably a good one to check out. Then Cage Warriors have a card as well. Um, with uh, Mason Jones versus Alexi Mantiskivi, who is uh, I was talking to someone about you him. Love, you love a good P- PFL, don't you? Like uh, twenty-five email notifications oh, in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you're a media member and you go to sleep for a PFL card, you wake up the next day and you're fucking deleting for uh, four hours trying to get these. Uh, <laughs> trying to get you think these, so, somebody uh, in the somebody in the family has died or something yeah. and you, you need to get to your phone there's so many messages coming in that's true that's true but yeah that cage wars card is good what do you think speaking of cage wars before we get to, to Joanna versus Watterson uh, and obviously actually before that we mentioned the Bellator have a uh, a, a, a couple of cards they have Manhoof versus Yannick Bahati which is a very odd fight but it should be fun uh, and Kane Moose is on that card as well and a few more and then they have uh, Bellator 230 uh, Rafael Carvalho versus Vadim Nimkov and a few more fights in that as well um, but what do you think of Cage Warriors making Paddy Pimblett versus Donovan Desma that's there's no easy fights in Cage Warriors is there that's a tough one for Paddy Pimblett yeah, well, like people kind of always say that about Paddy Pimblett that he doesn't really that they're kind of like we're softballing, but I I don't agree. Like you know, <laughs> at all, just because maybe they're not these names from the UFC or whatever, it doesn't mean these guys aren't really tough fighters. And um, obviously it's another it's another hard matchup for Paddy. And yeah, with Paddy, it's just he just need, I I think I think he has a lot of skills. Obviously on on the on the feet, he he's not as good as he is on the ground. But I think it's with him, it's a lot more of dedicating him to it and himself to it and doing the wake up proper and doing everything properly and if he can do that like I think like with the personality and the fighting ability he can, he can go far but time's ticking like you know you need to make this happen soon yeah I, I agree and it's you know Paddy Pimblett is, is one of those guys where it's going to happen for him over the next year it'll probably never happen for him like you know and it's maybe harsh to say because he's, you know, he's been a cage warriors champion and everything when you get to kind of a cage warriors champion level that's a level you. That's kind of a starting point, I think. You know, you should be moving on. You should be getting to the UFC. You should be going. You know, like a Jack Shore or like a Nathaniel Wood or like a, you know Conor McGregor. Obviously, maybe is a little bit of a step too far. But you know what I mean. Even like Carl Pindred, who has six or seven fights in the UFC and won won a good few of Neil Siri had a good uh, good few wins in the UFC and stuff like that. It's it's kind of a moving point. No, the world has changed a little bit. With Paddy Pimblett's ability to to headline cards in Liverpool and stuff like that, but. You know, if if you're a Paddy Pimblett fan, I think you'd be a little bit disappointed where his career has gone in the last while. And okay, losses have come because he's got tough fights and he's had injuries and stuff as well. So, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. But I'm sure Paddy Pimblett would want to be harsh on himself as well and want to be the best fighter he can possibly be. And as I said, it's a big, big year for him now. If he can beat Desmond, that'd be a fantastic win. I think Desmond is a very good fighter. I saw Joe McColgan on, with Andy there. If you haven't seen it yet, it's up on the Severe uh, MMA YouTube. So check that out. Uh, and he said... Paddy Pimblett has no interest in fighting him. That he's a horrendous matchup for him. John McCollum said, and he said he's not even going to bother calling him out anymore because they have no interest in making that fight. Which is kind of makes me want to see the fight now. <laughs> now after that, it, it, I think that'd be a really really fun fight. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I, I've I've big hopes for Paddy Pimblett to be honest. And there's there's improvements there he can make if he improves his striking an awful lot. His ability to get the fight to the ground where he's an absolute whiz on the ground, brilliant brilliant submission artist. There's there's the basis. Of a brilliant fighter there for Paddy Pimblett, but you know he has to do it now coming up pretty soon. He's still young and he he's well able to do it, but uh, he kind of has to do it. And this Desmond fight, it's a tough fight. I, if I was the matchmaker and fair play to Ian Dean, there's there's no fucking you know there's no warm up matches in cage warriors. I probably would have given him an easier one, given him a bit of a, you know a softball to get back and maybe didn't give him a McCulligan or Desmond like that. But he's getting straight into it and you know I look forward to it. it. Should be a fun fight, but however, um, let's talk about. Uh, the UFC's next card and where's this card coming down let's look it's in the Amil Arena in Tampa, Tampa Florida Bay. they usually don't go to Florida because usually people don't show up there but they're bringing a really good card here to, to Tampa Florida Marlon Vera Andre Ull opening up the card which is a good fight um, JJ Aldridge I love watching her she's always a good fighter Ireland's own uh, Marvin Vittori who was fantastic his last fight against and- Andrew Sanchez um, Max Griffin Alex Morona that should be a fun fight Davidson Figueroa versus Tim Elliott what a fight that could be that'll be fantastic uh, Ryan Spence 
Usman versus Devin Clark, James Vick and Nico Price in the prelims, brilliant fight, Eric Anders, Gerald Marshart, Luis Pena is back again, the Bob Ross, what's his name? To violent Bob Ross, Matt Frivola, uh, McKinsey Dern is back after having her baby, um, and then we have uh, the top two fights, Cub Swanson versus Crow and Gracie. <laughs> How do you think this fight will go, Graham? Uh, I think I think Crown Gracie probably win by submission, but it's it's what is he five and now? It's it's very early in his career for this, this such an experienced fighter in Cub Swanson, but Cub Swanson has you know he, he is on a bit of a tough run, and his last win was was that close decision over over Artem Lobov oh, back in close what, decision now, Andy. Well, it was like it wasn't like you know it wasn't you know Cub Swanson's not his top level fighter, you know he's not. He's not a elite. He never was, and he's he's on a downturn now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very early for Cron Gracie. Like there will there will be there probably will be a, a few moments in the fight where Cub Swanson has some success. But after the Alice Caceres domination, I think I think Cron Gracie will, will probably be able to to do maybe not as quick, but something similar to to Cub Swanson. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All everything in my being tells me. That Cub Swanson will win this fight handily, like, uh, like, uh, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But Cub Swanson's lost seven times by submission, so if the fight gets to the ground, Cub Swanson will will get submitted pretty quickly because Crown Gracie. There's no doubt in what Crown Gracie is. He's top, top, top level jujitsu, and and we, it's been proven that Cub Swanson's jujitsu is is in a, an area where he lacks. You know, he gets he gets submitted. He got submitted by Hinata Maikano, Got submitted by Brian Ortega. Got submitted by Max Holloway. Got submitted by Frankie Edgar. Uh, got submitted by Ricardo Lamas uh, and uh, Jins Pulver as well, even back in the day, and Shannon Gugarty. So. There's a lot of submission losses there, and Crone Gracie is better than all of those probably in in uh, in submission grappling. So if it gets to the ground, but like, surely he's intelligent enough to jab him up and stay far away and not get into the clinch. Like surely he is. Well, he doesn't even need a clinch though necessarily, uh, Crone Gracie. You, like these jiu you guys, they all kind of jump on you, grab grab something, or ro- roll under you, or even pull guard if they have to. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Cubs Swanson is intelligent enough to like all those fighters I mentioned there. You know, especially the more recent ones. Like getting submitted by Frank Edgar when he beats the shit out of you for five rounds is is you know is, is fair enough. You know, there's there's no one going to take that away from him. It's not like he's going in there just taking him down and submitting him straight away. Or you know, Mike Cano, a very very good fighter, uh, submitting him. You know. But is Crone Gracie that very, very good fighter? Or is he just a guy with submissions? Like, see, I don't really know too much about jiu-jitsu competition, but for years and years, you hear Crone Gracie the best, the best upcoming. Oh yeah, there's no doubt go- about that. Guy, like, so MMA is a lot like, different. Yeah, but you, you see the way like uh, somebody like Ortega can implement their jiu-jitsu, and then obviously it's it's earlier in um, it's earlier in Crone Gracie's MMA career, but. <laughs> I just think Cope Swanson's a bit of a spent force and he I never really rated him that highly in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, look yeah, it, it could and Crone Gracie, it's one of those fights as well where Crone only needs one opportunity and if he gets that opportunity he'll take it and he'll win, but I don't know. I, I like Cope Swanson's a big underdog in the betting, I was just looking here as well and you know, Cup to win mightn't be the mightn't be the worst bet of all time, I think. And you know, if you're even backing by by KO, he's a big underdog. Is he? He's um, plus one fifty five, which is oh, know, that's close enough, is it? Well, it's relatively big. There's there's no props up yet, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe he'll do a a periscope or something like that later in the week. But you know, I don't know. I, I I'm obviously very very biased against guys who with without well rounded skill sets. Now, Crone Gracie has you know he's been training a lot recently and stuff. Maybe his skill set has improved enough awful lot and maybe he's added some striking maybe he'll come in and start throwing a jab and he'll have brilliant takedowns and and you know get in under a jab or throw head kicks and land on the bottom and pull a guy into his guard or something maybe you know maybe that will happen but i haven't really seen much of that so far he, he did a good job as you mentioned against alex caceres but caceres kind of gave away that fight too and crone is like crone looks closer to heist than he does to brian ortega i think like still throwing that front leg kick and trying to get you know, that you want to get rid of that pretty quickly, <laughs> pretty quickly in the UFC, especially when you're fighting guys as good as as Cub Swanson. You know, he's never the best guy in the world, but he was always I was a good fighter. Like so, it's you know it's a tough one. If Congress he can win this fight, I'll have big high hopes for him because if he can get Cub Swanson down, a you know worldly wise guy like that, and and submit him. Um, I, I'll I'll be very very high in Congress. And on, on the feet, how do you think it's going to look? Do you think it's going to be completely one sided? Yeah, surely Cobb will just jab him up and hit him with big shot like. Uh, if if Cobb can keep this on the feet for three or four minutes, I think he'll surely knock him out. Will he not? Do you not think so? Mm, 
I don't know. Cup Swanson's not really a knockout guy. Like he doesn't really have that power. But um, obviously, Cron hasn't really taken. We haven't really seen him take shots. So we don't really know how he takes them either. So obviously, that that maybe that question will be answered as well. Maybe maybe he can take a shot. Maybe he, he, he forget all this just as he gets punched. You know. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I haven't seen much of it. And that doesn't mean it's there. It's not there. It doesn't mean it won't won't come. But. I don't know. I, I, this is a very interesting vibe. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. You know, yeah, we'll definitely get some answers of, uh, on Con Gracie anyway. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then the main event: Yanni and Jacek against Michelle Watterson. Uh, how do you think? How, how do you see this one? It's. I think this is an interesting fight. What do you think? Yeah, I just checked the odds just there when you mentioned the uh, Con Gracie odds, and uh, it's Yanni and Jacek is a massive favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she's anywhere near the four she used to be, and I think the. She's not as good as she used to be, and the game has kind of evolved beyond her style a bit. Obviously, Michelle Waterson's been around even longer than than Joanna and Jacek in the game, but she's still improving. All, uh, I think more she's improving more than Joanna and Jacek. But I do think the odds are too wide. But I I definitely would pick Joanna and Jacek. Yeah, it was funny. I was watching. I went back and watched some of their fights and watching Michelle Waterson. I was like, oh, she's a she's a pretty good style actually for Joanna and Jacek. And I was like, you know, she moved. We, we saw Rose Namajunas knocking out Joanna and Jacek, and it's because she of her angles really. She didn't fight a straight up fight against Ian Jacek. She came in, she landed that big left hook over the top, and you know we see uh, uh, Valentina Shashinko beating her, just a more kind of dynamic striker. Not to say that uh, Ian Jacek isn't isn't dy- dynamic, but you know what I mean. She's just a little bit better all the kind of around um and then i went and i watched you in jacek and i was like yeah that's gonna be tough <laughs> because she's just uh, she's very good at what she does yeah then uh, the muay thai style is kind of more basic than maybe the the rose number units is striking st- style but when you when you do it at a very high level it is very hard to deal with 100 percent. i watched the tisha torres fight and tisha torres is a, a small fighter like michelle waterson she moves around very well uh, she throws kind of those front leg high kicks like Michelle Watterson, not as well or as often, but the way he went against Jacek just kind of walked her down and jabbed inside and was much bigger than her. She's going to be way, way bigger than Michelle Watterson. People maybe forget as well that, and uh, you know, if it was a week ago, I might have forgot as, <laughs> as well, like I did with like Gwyneth Hooker, but she's, Michelle Watterson's very, very small for 115 pounds. She was a 105 pounds champion in Victa back in the day, so there's going to be a big size discrepancy here. This is five rounds as well, so I could really see a, a very Jackson- John type of game here where Michelle Watterson is running and running and running and running and landing fights or landing strikes with head kicks and stuff from the outside and landing front leg side kicks and running away from you and Jacek I, I could this fight I don't think this is a guaranteed great fight at all it could be and I think you know Ian Jacek will end up getting inside and hitting her with big shots um, but I, I think this will be a better tactical matchup than it will be a, a fight um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm interested to see how it goes. And if Waterson can win this, if she can beat Ian Jacek, she's she's probably fighting for a title next because she's been on a good run and stuff like that. So I I and I really like Michelle Waterson. She's a very marketable person. Seems like a lovely person and is as you said there improving as well. But you know, there's only so much you can improve when you're fighting someone like Ian Jacek and how good she actually is. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I wonder. Um. Michelle Watterson's very good takedowns as well. Actually, it was funny in the heavyweight fight last night. We saw a head and arm choke against uh, against uh, Taito Avassa. I think I was yeah. I think it was Taito Avassa. Uh, I wonder what Michelle Watterson think about pushing her against the fence, trying to get her, t- t- trying to take her down and stuff like that. You know, it it'd be an interesting thing to look. Maybe we look at bottom. You know, the the Kratty Hottie and uh, you know Yunjecek is known as a striker. We probably sometimes think oh, it's just going to be a striker match, but. I feel like I feel like Michelle Watterson might add in a bit of strike, uh, a bit of wrestling, which might help our striking in the end as well. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that and see how see how it goes. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll answer a couple of questions. But before that, Ken Velasquez, Brock Lesnar in WWE. What do what do you, what do you think? What's your uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really. I haven't watched uh, pro wrestling in a long time. I don't know if Ken Velasquez is going to be very good on the microphone. Uh, if he's going to. If if they're they're gonna want to do that, uh, he's already very injury prone. He's going into pro wrestling doesn't really sound like a smart thing. Yeah, uh, I think if he's doing it every week and wrestling every week, I don't think he'd be a smart thing because I don't think his body would hold up. But I feel like if they keep him for big matches with Brock Lesnar, he's gonna be training though, like to take all these what they call them bumps. bumps and yeah. uh, I, saw, I, saw, I can't remember what the documentary was years ago. There was some documentary where they go to like the the power plant, oh. WCW power plant, uh, where oh, they all train. The Bret Hart's one, is it, maybe? 
I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, it was years ago now, but <laughs> they really kicked the shit out of people there, like beat their bodies down. And Cain Velasquez is already a very injury-prone guy. And mm-hmm. if he wants to make a run at the UFC title, I don't know if... Uh, WWE. It, yeah, I don't know if, if, if he wants... If he's like... If he still wants to, to be an MMA fighter, oh, yeah. don't know. This is a good idea. Yeah, Mark Romandi, I think, or was it Mike Bond, I think, maybe reported that uh, he, uh, he's he getting out of the USADA testing system. So it looks like he doesn't want to be an MMA fighter anymore. It looks like he's going to pro wrestling. All for the time. now, but yeah. But. Yeah, no, you wouldn't know. It's look. It's it's an interesting move for him. He has wrestled before. Do you think, like, do you think that's a big sell? Like I don't in WWE. I don't know. You know much better than me. I think because you know, Cain Velasquez has wrestled two matches there in the last couple of months over in I think it's AAA over in uh, Mexico, and he has looked phenomenal. Like he's doing high flying like a luchador. He's looked absolutely brilliant. Oh really? Yeah. yeah uh, you you haven't seen those clips, have you? Oh my god, he's brilliant no, no, doing no. hurricane runners and all, doing stunners. He's just looked absolutely brilliant. You, if anyone hasn't seen those clips, have a look at him. But uh, I think that's why they signed him. And you know, it's it's an interesting zone. Maybe we can just mention it for a second. But this there's been a big war in wrestling, and it pertains to MMA as well because the the TV landscape um, and the big deals that are going to be co- that have come, I suppose, over the last six months to a year. You know, with the UFC going on ESPN, we have uh, um, WWE now on Fox, and this new group AEW on uh, TNT over in uh, over in America as well. And it's it's a big big time for live sports or live entertainment. You know, with with uh, pro wrestling. And how they can sell and how the how the numbers hold up because if the numbers keep dropping like they have for WWE and for the UFC somewhat over the last few years, it's going to be a big changing landscape because um, the TV deals are not going to be as good as they were if the keep num- if the numbers keep dropping, uh, and then you're going to have to be looking at new things like the internet and things like that. Now we have some of that already, obviously with uh, ESPN Plus in America with all the pay per views, um, but it's it's a very interesting time and for MMA fans, even if you've no interest in pro wrestling, I I think it's interesting. To keep an eye on that maybe we'll mention it you know for two or three minutes on the podcast every couple of months and uh, you know i listen to dave Meltzer's podcast and he's he's the best at it but you know smackdown this week it wwe moved to um moved to fox and got uh, i think over four million viewers which is almost doubling their, their viewership recently so that's a big move for them and if they can keep that up it's going to mean you know a lot of money for them going forward uh <sighs> anyway okay grand let's let's move on but it is, <laughs> I, I, for the for the UFC as well, like the UFC's deal that they got with ESPN was worth a lot more than WWE's deal. But if WWE does more numbers on a Friday night than the UFC were doing with um with Fox before that, that's going to that's going to be big for the UFC because they're not going to be able to get as much money as they have before because the money will be going to WWE. So I, th- I think it's interesting to to, to kind of look at it like that. But however, anyway. Speaking of pay-per-views, uh, I think people spotted on the TV listings that uh, the next UC pay-per-view is not uh, in on BT Sport in the UK and Ireland is not on pay-per-view, and I think you tweeted that you confirmed with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I, I was actually the one who spotted it, and I tweeted it out, and then... Uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm always I, taking credit for other people's work. It was me, it was me. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I got into the UFC, and they confirmed with me, and they, they gave me, like, the... the uh, Oh, not all pay-per-views are going to be on box office. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I thought this one would be because it's a big one, but fair enough. Like, no problem. They're, they're, every time I ask them... You reply it, being like, oh, you never said it the numbers for the last couple. Yeah. No, every time uh, I ask them, is a pay-per-view going to be on pay-per-view? And it is. They never reply to me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well... And then the, the one isn't. They're all, they're all cocky. Like, oh, yeah, that's not on pay-per-view. It's free. Yeah, come on. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, fuck off. Fucking never liked them anyway. Bellator for life. <laughs> But uh, look, surely let's answer a few questions before we go, and we'll answer. I'll have a Q and A up. We need to get that same same boy, the Bellator for life. <laughs> Bellator for life, yeah. Put it on the T-shirts, Sean Sheehan. Obviously, we'll have the Q and A over on Patreon on Tuesday morning. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. Sign up. It's cost a euro a week or something like that. You get loads of podcasts, loads of interviews, loads of Q and As, career retrospectives. Uh, obviously, as, as I said, Tuesday the Q and A, Wednesday this week. Um, Randy Couture. We'll have to do. We'll have to do. A, we'll have to do. A, yeah. Yeah, you said Fader. I, I said like, Fader. Oh. It's a Randy Couture, yeah. yeah. I was like, did that not go out ages ago? <laughs> yeah. We already had the Fader uh, one is already there anyway. Yeah, so people won't be too disappointed. Go yeah, on. Sakuraba one's there as well. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we need to do a, a football podcast. Okay, we can do that. We, for Patreon. We, we uh, I know a lot of people don't like um, 
when we talk about football on this podcast but uh on patreon i think uh you can kind of just pick and choose what you want so it's, it's probably better for there but uh people are probably you know we want to give people a little bit of, of how you're feeling about the season mm-hmm. so yeah. what do you think how's how, like for, no, for the public well, for yeah. the public just give them a little bit of, of how sad and depressed and uh and uh numb you are to the whole situation uh, I've gotten so bad that I, I want Solchart to stay because I think even if we sacked him and got another manager, it would make no difference. That's how bad I am right now. So I, I just, there's no hope. No hope. That's what I am. And what about Liverpool? Uh, they're playing well, yeah. Playing very good. St- well, they're actually not playing that well, but they're, they're doing, they're Man United type of wins, aren't they? Ferguson type of wins where they should be losing. They get a, a lucky referee well, decision. Uh, and like, uh, should have, like, missing a lot of chances, like creating a lot of chances and, and missing them. Uh, and usually that would come back to bite you in the ass, like, and it looked like it was going to when, when Madison equalized in the 80th minute for, for Leicester. But it just, yeah, it just shows a sign of, of it, even when, even when things are going against you you managed to, to pull out the victory somehow like you mentioned Man United over the years how many like you know slightly offside or deflected or goalkeeper errors or just the pressure telling and somebody making a mistake and scoring an own G just like the, it's just when you when you you put a pace on people for 90 minutes they, they crack in the end and we, we've seen it with the great teams over the years so hopefully it's a it's a sign that Liverpool are going to keep winning yeah, I think it probably is. I think they're a good team. Let's answer a few questions before we go here. Uh, Gavin Springer over on Twitter. Uh, I understand what Luke Thomas said, that people need tune-up fights after such a long layoff, but Rob was champ, and champs don't get tune-up fights. Uh, uh, everything will be tough. What are your thoughts on this? Um, personally, I think I like tune-up fights, and I agree with Luke on that, but I agree with you as well. When you're a champion, you can't really get tune-up fights like that uh, in, in the UFC. It's a different model than, than boxing. Like, I, I'm a big advocate for Conor McGregor coming back and getting a tune-up fight uh, because he's not a champion. He's been away for a long time. And, you know, if this was Rob Whitaker and he was stripped, let's say, I'd want a tune-up fight for him. So I talked about Paddy Pimblett earlier on. I thought maybe a tune-up fight would be the best for him because he's been out for a while injured. And so I'm an advocate of them. But it, you can't really do it, especially when there's an interim champion. And I don't particularly think he looked ring rusty either. I thought he looked okay. Um... So, yeah, I agree but disagree if, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Ian O'Neill over on Patreon. Whose rise was more impressive? Izzy's rise from his debut to champion or McGregor's rise from debut to featherweight champion? I, I think I know your answer here, Graham, but what do you think? Well, I think I think just because Aldo was at the top and undefeated for 10 years, and, and I think it's more impressive. But For example, if Adesanya had to come and beat Anderson Silva, who had been undefeated yeah. for years, I think it would have been... You can compare it then. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I don't think there's much of a debate there. And, there's, you know, because McGregor, what he became as well, you know, became... And just the devastation of just knocking him out in 13 yeah. seconds was just so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's a big difference as well. Okay, he had a, like a fight of the year contender against Kelvin Gastelum, but I think Kelvin Gastelum and Chad Mendes are kind of a different prospect as well because of how good Chad Mendes is. You know, at, t- at that time, he'd only lost, I think, to Josie Aldo. Uh, and for Conor McGregor to go in and beat him on one leg was, was pretty amazing. And, you know, the you know people. I suppose people criticise McGregor as well for fighting Dennis Seaver, um, but that Dennis Seaver fight obviously came together because uh, he wanted to fight in the interim and stuff. Uh, but, you know, he fought Max Holloway and things. Uh, there, the, McGregor's rise, because of what came outside the octagon as much as what came inside of it was was obviously bigger. But Adesanya, take nothing away from Adesanya, absolutely fantastic. Um, and last one here before we go, um, Christopher Graham. Uh, what should be next for Robert Whitaker? Would you prefer a matchup with Cannoneer, Hermanson, Till Gastelum winner or someone else? I like that Hermanson fight. What do you think of that? Hermanson versus Whitaker? Yeah, it's a good fight. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a tune-up for Whitaker. Really? It's a little bit of a step step down. Well, like it's a step down from Adesanya anyway. Oh well, everyone's stepped down from Adesanya, but Hermanson's a very good fighter. Like. Yeah, but like you could, you could make that Adesanya rematch as well. But I just I think that it wasn't close enough to to make it immediately. Which which make what rematch? The Whitaker Adesanya. What from the, the match that happened last night? Yeah, well, when somebody's like the champion, like, and there's no real completely obvious ones to to put in. You're for you on fucking drugs. Or what are you talking about? You got smashed. Paula Costa. Yeah, well, Paula yeah you can put Paula Costa in there, but like you know, Cain Velasquez got got smashed by Junior DeSantos. Like, and mm. look what happened after that. Yeah, but they'll there's a big. I think if it was the other way around, they might make a rematch. But the fact that Israel Adesanya is. The, the guy who's not injury prone, who is very marketable, who people seem to like, who's very talkative and good, you know. But, you know, a big Australia stadium. 
Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah, that is a good point. And I suppose that's kind of the argument between McGregor and Habib as well, that it's, it's a money fight. But how, I think pay-per-view is their main thing. Could you could you put Costa versus Israel Adesanya in a big stadium in New Zealand uh, or Australia? I don't think so. Do you no, not think so? I don't no? think so. Like, you could do, it's, it's, it's a big fight, but I don't think it's, it, it has, I don't think he has the same kind of following that Whitaker has. Mm, yeah, people have kind of come along with Whitaker through the Ultimate Fighter and going to watch him develop really? and into a champion. That's that's an interesting one. Though. I thought that maybe we get taken away a little bit. Maybe I have as well. But I thought Adesanya was a way, way more popular fighter than Robert Whitaker. But you, you're right. The, the pop he got last night was huge, and the people online saying they thought Robert Whitaker would win as well. Maybe you're you know maybe you're right. Maybe I'm yeah. I think like when people have been you kind of watched him develop and from coming into the UFC and all that stuff, and obviously. Uh, Back then, when I think that was tough smashes, was it? Yeah. Um, they didn't have Australia didn't really have any UFC fighters. They never had a successful UFC fighter really. And then they have this champion, Robert Whitaker, and, and I think they're. I assume anyway that they're they're massively behind them. Yeah, maybe you're right. But and also put some fucking put some pride in the name of George Sotteropoulos. How fucking dare you? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? And his leggings. How was that even legal? (laughs) Yeah, remember everyone? Well, not everyone, but a lot of people thought he was going to be like a brilliant, you know, world champion and all. He was, I think with Joe Rogan actually was, I was talking about, he was good jujitsu and stuff, but. Yeah, I think he trained with Eddie Bravo though, so Joe Rogan goes Uh, mental about anybody who trains with Eddie Bravo. That makes sense, that makes sense. All right, I guess that's it. Uh, if you have any more questions for us after this, t- uh, tweet him at SevereMailPod and I'll answer them on the, the Q&A this week. We actually probably have room for a few more, so if you're listening to this and you do have a few more questions, lash him in. I'll probably be recording it on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning or something. I'll, I'll leave it till Monday, so I'll, I'll do it on Monday. So if you have any questions Sunday night, lash him into me and I'll get them up on, on there. Um, all right. Thanks everyone for listening. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. I'm uh, I've never been so happy to have good sound on the podcast after the last the debacle of the last few weeks. Thank fuck we got that sorted. Fuck you, Windows 10, for ruining my life for the last two weeks. Horrendous. But anyway, we're back. We're back to normal. Episode 230. Graham, the, the pod got Shawnee Podcast signing out here with the inspiration quote of the week. Reputation is what people know about you. Honor. Is what you know about yourself. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Sunday or Monday.